The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 238. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. I have returned from Indianapolis and the NFL Scouting Combine, where Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni both spoke with uh, us reporters. Before we get to all that, Brandon, first of all, how are you? And secondly, what can you tell us about the world of Meat Snacks? Well, Jimmy, uh, I'm so glad you asked, and I'm so glad that uh, you are still here after having to restart the podcast multiple times because of some (laughs) uh, audio issues probably on my end. So thank you, Jimmy. Uh, What I have to say about meat snacks? Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to tell you that Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com, you can now... Get a 15% off offer, which is what you can always get, but also still applicable now by using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. It's the off season, Jimmy. You need some snacks to kind of get you through as you're scrolling Twitter and kind of waiting for the big news about the Eagles free agency signings or all these rumors and or combine results and everything. So why not load up at RightToSelling.com with discount code BGN15. Jimmy, we have a loaded show today. That we do. Are you excited for it? I am. Uh, Should we start okay. with Howie? Why don't we start talked about? with Eagles general manager, Howie Roseman, who spoke at the Combine earlier this week. And it's never going to, quote, give away the answers to the test, as he likes to say. <laughs> he uh, does say that a lot. He likes to say that. I saw, I noticed uh, Nick Sirianni said that at one point. I think Joe Douglas <laughs> used to say that. It's a very big internal talking point they seem to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess what's your biggest takeaway? And it's obviously one answer to this because that's where we need to start. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the big question for the Eagles this offseason hasn't changed since uh, it initially ended, which is what's going to happen at the quarterback position. And after the season uh, ended, both Nick uh, Sirianni and Howie Roseman sort of emphatically backed uh, Jalen Hurts as the starter uh, in 2022 and beyond. Uh, ultimately, as you and I pointed out, it doesn't really mean much because they said, of course, last year that, 
you know, losing Carson Wentz would be like losing fingers on 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 his hand. Howie Roseman said that the year before. They said they were really going to place a high priority on getting younger, and then they went out and they signed a bunch of old guys in free agency. So what they say during these press conferences doesn't really matter all that much. What they say uh, is what suits their needs at the time. It's not necessarily always going to be the truth. They're not under oath, of course, during these uh, inquiries. Uh, so a lot of things you got to kind of take with a grain of salt. But I guess the way that the question was phrased to Howie Roseman via um, uh, ESP uh, L.E. Shore Parks, of course, of uh, 94.1. The question was, the last time we talked to you at the end of the season, uh, you and Nick were confident saying that Jalen Hurts was going to be your guy. After a month of more evaluation and research, do you still feel that way? Would you like to uh, read the answer to that, Brandon? Or should I just keep <laughs> So going? Howie Roseman, in response to that, do you still feel that way, said, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think when you talk about the things that we talked about in the season, nothing's changed. And then he goes on to talk about how this is an opportunity to add great time of year for the Eagles and uh, kind of talks about or alludes to building up the team around Jalen Hurts. But one thing that I had an issue with, and call me a Hurts hater, Jimmy, if I'm being one, call me out <laughs> if I'm being unfair. Uh, but the way I read that and the way I saw that interpreted were two different things. I saw a lot of people saying that Howie Roseman said, there's no doubt about Jalen Hurts being their quarterback. And I just, maybe Jalen Hurts is indeed the starter for this year. I think that's likely, but that doesn't read to me his answer that there's no doubt about he the way he feels about Jalen Hurts as much as there's no doubt about how he's sticking with what he said at the end of the year, where right, he right. did say some good things about Jalen Hurts, but, you know, and maybe I'm being pedantic here, but the point is like, I just don't think that truly reflects how the Eagles feel. I don't think the Eagles think there's no doubt that Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. And, and like, whatever, take my opinion out of it, look at their actions, or at least their rumored actions in terms of interest in other quarterbacks who aren't on the roster. Yeah, I mean, we've already seen smoke start to form around them having interest in Deshaun Watson again, uh, which they no doubt had uh, last offseason. So um, <laughs> buckle up for that <laughs> for the uh, until, you know, his situation is, is sort of, uh, you know, wh whatever happens with Deshaun Watson, whether he stays with the Texans, gets traded somewhere else, gets traded to the Eagles. That's not going away until something actually happens with him or unless the Eagles, um, you know, make another move for a different quarterback or something like that. And you look at the season that Jalen Hurts had, and we're not going to like get into all the, you know, sort of relitigate what he, what he did during the season, but he didn't put a stamp on his starting role in 2022 with the way that he played in 2021, in my opinion. And the one thing that I think really stood out from the uh, press conference, not from Howie Rosen, but from Nick Sirianni, was he talked about the four traits, the four most important traits that uh, he looks for uh, in a quarterback. And he the, he actually, during the season, he talked about this. Uh, it wasn't on the record, so it wasn't anything that you know reporters could, could use. Uh, but he then repeated the same four traits that he talked about during the season. So this isn't just something that he was coming up with, like on off the cuff based on the question that he was asked, but in order he values one accuracy two decision-making three, the, the ability to escape pressure, uh, you know, make off schedule plays and such and four arm strength. So when you look at Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, you know, one, I mean, that he acknowledged flat out that he is not, where he needs to be in terms of accuracy uh, to decision-making. Um, 
I think he's a work in progress and I, I don't think you want to say that, or I, I don't think I want to say that like he's a bad decision maker or anything like that, but he's got mm. sort of, um, he's, he's a young quarterback and he's got a ways to go there. He's, he's the longest time yet. to throw in the NFL for the second, basically almost <laughs> the second year. He's the not world. there yet. I mean, he, he can, I, he's a smart guy. So I think that can come along in time, but he's, but not, he's not there yet. Quick decisions for sure. Escapability and ability to make off schedule plays. Certainly he can do that. And then for arm strength, uh, Nick Sirianni said he thinks that Hertz is where he needs to be uh, in that department. I'll respectfully uh, disagree. I guess he has a certain, um, you know, a, he needs a, a threshold. A, you know, a quarterback to be above a certain threshold. That thank you. That's a good way to put it. Um, I don't think he's an above average quarterback, starting NFL quarterback anyway, in terms of arm strength. I don't think it's necessarily a big weakness. But it's certainly not a strength. Um, so I thought that was really the the most interesting thing to me, anyway, that came out of their two press conferences because it was something that he talked about previously, but wasn't public yet. But now that it's public, we can sort of discuss at length, you know, what he the, those specific four traits in that order. By the way, uh, was the way that he sort of phrased it during the season: in order, accuracy, decision making, escapability, and uh, finally arm strength. So uh, I thought that that was interesting that he did talk about that publicly. I agree with that, and I think it's an honest assessment. Um, the going circling back to the Deshaun Watson point, there has been some buzz, and we should probably highlight exactly what has been said. And um, I think it's interesting in the vein too of a Howie Roseman takeaway is that he didn't come out and say. Now, of course, he wasn't asked point blank as well as maybe some other GMs were. I don't know. I didn't see exactly the questions that mm -hmm. um, the Giants were asked. And was it, I think Chris Greer of the Dolphins were asked. and Because they were both asked about Deshaun Watson earlier this offseason or this week. And they basically said, like, we're not, we're not trading for him. Like, they explicitly said, we are not going after Deshaun Watson. They, and how he was asked about Deshaun Watson, I believe by Jeff McLean, and he, you know, used his like, we're not going to comment on a player from another team, which is fine. What else do you expect mm -hmm. him to say? But he could well, they can said, anyway. It's 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 tampering. Well, like, no, so you're not. You're, you're, I mean, I mean, you're he, not allowed to talk about players yeah, on, on other teams in terms of your interest in them. Yeah, but like, I'm. What did I just say though? I'm saying like the other team said we're not trading for Deshaun Watson. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, how he did not say that. It doesn't mean they're going to because he didn't say it. But I'm saying like he wasn't explicit as some of those other things. And I always say about these press conferences, it's not always about what is said as much what is excluded or not said. Um, so I think you could, you could you could note that, in especially in vain of these reports from two from Albert Breer. The first thing he said earlier this week um, from SportsIllustrated.com was that quote. Broncos and Eagles are two teams that I would believe I believe would make strong bids for Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. uh, also came out with another piece that was like on Wednesday or Thursday. On Friday, he wrote something in the similar uh, similar wording, but like a little bit different. Was those in the league continued to connect Don, Deshaun Watson to the Eagles and Broncos? Uh, and then throughout this, uh, Jeff McLean wrote a piece on Eagles quarterback position and wrote that the Eagles have quote done their due diligence since last off season and continue to actively monitor Deshaun Watson's situation. So yeah. Um, you know, I don't think we need to relitigate our whole conversation on him. Um, and especially because it's kind of just a holding pattern right now, I guess, until we get more clarity there. But to your point, like you can't just assume this isn't something in the cards, right? Like this is still, it's still out there. I don't know. 
it's it's not necessarily active right now, but it's looming out there. You can't just be like, well, that's over. Like there, that, there's no chance that's going to happen, especially when Howie didn't rule it out. I know how these other reporters sort of operate too individually. And Jeff McLean is not asking specifically about a player if he doesn't, right? You know, have some if he doesn't know something about that. Like he's not just you know throwing Deshaun Watson against the wall uh, without you know having some some kind of knowledge of, of, about that. So I thought that was interesting when he asked that question and specifically noted Deshaun Watson as opposed to you know just any quarterback, be it Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, uh, et cetera. So. Uh, yeah, again, going back to the point, like they were clearly interested in him uh, uh, during the, the off season last year. And uh, I mean, as icky and as uh, uncomfortable as, uh, you know, his situation is, um, it's probably, you know, it's again, like I said before, it's not going away mm-hmm. until something happens either there or with the Eagles. Yeah, um, we'll see about that one. Russell Wilson, uh, different kind of story, it seems like in terms of. I mean, maybe he'll still get traded. Who knows? It doesn't seem like there was a lot of smoke unless you heard something to me at the Combine that, like, that is a strong, like, there's not, like, a lot of, whoa, the Eagles are trading for Russell Wilson kind of smoke coming out of the Combine. Um, again, doesn't mean it can't happen, but just not seeing mm-hmm. a ton of that. Um, although... The Commanders made an offer, reportedly, <laughs> for Russell Wilson, multiple first-round picks, uh, which sounds like two to me. Uh, or else they would have specified, you know, at least three or whatever, uh, which apparently was immediately rejected by the Seahawks. So, th- like, I personally, like, I think Russell Wilson is awesome. And I actually watched his first five games of the season last year um, for an article that I wrote for Philly Voice. And, uh, like, he was better than I was expecting. <laughs> like, the first five games of the season were, were before, of course, he got hurt. He, you know, he, he had a major injury to his middle finger. Uh, was supposed to be out six to eight weeks instead returned in four. But those first five games before he got hurt, like he was in, he was very, very good. So if you're the Seahawks, you better be blown, absolutely blown away by a crazy offer for him to be able to move. And the same sort of logic for the Eagles trading for him being, you know, that like when you look at the landscape of the NFC and that it's wide open and why not? Well, that same logic applies to the Seahawks just hanging on to him and not sure. trading him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that, how, you know, smoke builds around him and, and Deshaun Watson going forward. But uh, I know that you wanted to also talk about the, um, the interview that Howie did prior to meeting with, uh, you know, Philly media, uh, with Dave Spadaro and, uh, some of the comments that he had there. Well, on Russell Wilson, uh, you're, you, cause you wrote the article for Philly voice earlier this week about like, should the Eagles trade for him? And in mm-hmm. there, uh, you did say you believe they should, which makes you a war criminal, apparently, uh, depending <laughs> or based on some of the responses that I've read to that. Um, I think a key point that you made was kind of the crux of the whole quarterback uh, debate, if you will, this offseason. And it's like if you you're, you're never going to have the perfect roster, like there's no perfect roster in the NFL. Right. It's always going to be holes. The Eagles have reasonably enough where you think that if you add an elite quarterback that can help to cover up some of those holes. And put you in a chance to compete, especially in the context of the NFC. Uh, did I misrepresent your take there? Is that accurate? no? That's about right. Okay. I mean, like no no team in the NFL is uh, is perfect. Every single one, every single team in the NFL has has their share of holes, and maybe the Eagles have a few more than than other teams. Uh, but by the way, like one of the holes in my opinion is quarterback. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. fill that with an elite one. Like your your team is substantially better instantaneously. And if 
like I am the, one of the arguments against Russell Wilson is that uh, he's the softer version is that he's in decline. And the more drastic, ridiculous version is that he's quote unquote cooked. Neither of those two things are true. In my opinion, if you're looking at the way that he performed before he got hurt last year. So, um, you know, if he can give you five more years of high quality quarterback play, then that's an eternity. You think about what five years is the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz like more than five years ago. So like he, they, they've, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, really long time to, to be able to build a team around him. And also, by the way, compete immediately. Like if you trade for him, you're in the playoffs almost certainly over the next, you know, four or five years. I also think the idea that you just like continue to build the roster isn't like this real thing. Like you, like you build it and it stays static and then you add the quarterback. Like as you continue to build the roster, the roster will also deteriorate in other areas. Like you're going to be mm-hmm. losing Jason Kelsey. You're going to be losing Fletcher Cox, who's kind of declining anyway, but still like you're going to be losing. Lane some Johnson. Of your, yeah. Some key, Yeah. Lane Johnson, maybe he'll still be around too, but he, maybe he's not going to be all pro Lane Johnson. He'll be like, mm-hmm. you know, like, so it's not just like you just add and then it, like, it's not, it, that's not, not how the NFL works. <laughs> so I just, that's what, like, kind of my problem with that. Um, in addition to this point that I'm making, uh, uh, again, I wanted to bring this up in the context of something that you just brought up about Howie's interview with Dave Spadaro, which I didn't think anything was incredibly revealing. Like the the one interest, two interesting answers that came out of there, and I wrote an article about this for BGN, and I titled it that Howie Roseman uh, kind of gave ammo, I believe, to both sides of the quarterback argument. So if you fall on the other mm-hmm. side where you think, uh, you know, the Eagles should just keep Jalen Hurts and build this thing more slowly. Well, then he gave you something there. But the the point on my side uh, was how he was asked a question about the young talent on the Eagles roster. And he kind of just like dovetailed off of that and went, kind of went on a tangent a little bit about how it's really hard to win a Super Bowl. And like in order to be the team that wins the Super Bowl, uh, you can't just do things chalk. He specifically said, quote, and so if you do things that are down the middle, the way this league kind of sets it up, you might win 10 games, you might make the playoffs, but it's hard to be world champions. And then he said, so you have to be willing to at least be out of the box, put yourself out there. And if you do that, yeah, there's some risk involved in that, but there's also tremendous upside. And to me, I, that's kind of my supporting argument for the quarterback thing. It's not that you trade for Russell Wilson and like, there's a hundred percent chance it works out. That's not one. That's never the argument. There's risk in any move you make, but like you're taking a really big swing and you might hit a home run and that could be worth the risk. Um, on the other side, he also said that he, the, we don't want to be in a situation where we do something so short term right now that it really hamstrings us going forward, mm-hmm. especially as you talked about some of those young players we have coming up, some of those young players that we don't want to leave here. We want to have them, to, we want to ha- them to have a chance to finish their career here. So we have to balance those two things. So that's kind of the other side. And, you know, a lot of people saying it's too short term to, to make a move like that. Yeah. On the risk side uh, versus just kind of staying the course, uh, I brought up this comp to you uh, before we started recording here. But in Dumb and Dumber, uh, <laughs> Harry says that Harry's plan, Harry and Lloyd's plan all along was to own and operate a worm store called We Got Worms. And Harry wanted to stick with the worm store while Lloyd wanted to travel to Aspen to return the briefcase to the, I forget her name in the movie, uh, Lauren Holly. Uh, But uh, if they had just stayed the course and 
got their worm store and owned and operated that, we, we, they would have never gone on the crazy fun adventure that they did. So from a fan perspective, like, don't you kind of want them to do fun stuff and like, you know, add like elite talent? Like, look at the Sixers. They had, had a guy like James Harden. And now like they're super fun to watch like every single night. So it's crazy to me that like a lot of fans just kind of would prefer to stay bland and boring as opposed to making the big splash move. That's honestly one of my biggest uh, problems with just the idea of running it back with Jalen Hurts is that, like, I want to clarify here, and I to say this every time I talk about Jalen Hurts, I don't hate him. I really don't. I really don't think, like, he's this detestable player. I just don't think he's very exciting, first of all, because the Eagles have to run the ball more than any other team. They can't even throw the ball as much as, like, the, the high-volume passing teams can. And that, like, limits some of their best players in terms of Devontae Smith, who, like, yeah. what are we saying after every game? He's not being targeted enough. And part of that is I think they're not force-feeding him from a coaching staff perspective for whatever reason. But also, like, they can only force-feed him so much when you have to run the ball so much. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just, like, I don't know. That's just, I'm not super excited, Jimmy. And I've said this before. I don't want to rehash it again. I'm not, I just don't know what we're really going to learn about Jalen Hurts in 2022 that, like, we don't already know. That, like, I don't, I'm not anticipating night and day differences maybe we will see some subtle improvements sure he's young i i'm not going to discount that at all but i just don't think it's going to be this massive step forward by any means and that kind of just like i just feel like that's kind of a waste of a season like you're you're wasting a season i mean sure you'll be adding talent to the roster elsewhere and that's nice and maybe maybe you can get a quarterback after this year in 2023 but like i don't know i'm just not really that doesn't like juice me up. The, the the possibility that the Eagles might be able to add a quarterback or Jalen Hurts very might well take a night and day uh, leap of improvement, which doesn't seem likely to me. So, I like uh, Jalen Hurts a lot too. I should I should clarify. Like he he clearly wants to be a great player, and you yes. saw during the season he was willing to take accountability, and he's realistic about what he is as a player. Like he took accountability when he didn't play well, and you compare him and his mental. <laughs> approach to the game and sort of, you know, what, what he's willing to do to get better. And you compare that to the guy that was outgoing a year ago and it's night and day. Like he, he legitimately wants to be great and he's willing to take input from other people to become great. And like everything about his intangibles and his leadership and his want and, and, you know, his, his need to be, to be a, you know, a really good quarterback is, is all like, it's all great. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you can put that mentality into other more talented quarterbacks and you'd really have something special, but just, I mean, I just don't think he can throw the ball that very, very well in the NFL. Uh, Sirianni and how we think both kind of touched on that Sirianni, especially I heard him in an interview with uh, PFF actually, where it's actually a good interview. Go check that out. If you, if you want to look that up, you too, Jimmy, um, uh, where the Eagles have a very high confidence that Jalen Hurts is going to reach his ceiling. And I would say that as well. But the question is, like, what is Jalen Hurts' ceiling? Uh, And I don't think it's as high as many of us would like it to be. Uh, Okay. Anything else in the quarterback situation, Jimmy, we can can move off of that. I think we can move off of that. Okay. Well, why don't we take a break here? But before we do, why don't you tell me about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors? Her phone number is 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. Thank you to the uh, pair of uh, folks who reached out to her a week or so ago. From BGN uh, Radio? To, yes, from wow. BGN Radio. Who, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just constantly talking to, to people. Uh, but as they w- uh, came aware, uh, and all the rest of her clients do, 
the way that she gets back to people instantaneously is really impressive. Annoying from my perspective uh, in that uh, I'm her boyfriend and uh, like it's hard to keep her attention for more than uh, a few minutes because she's always getting back to clients and such. But uh, she always is very, uh, she's out, she's outstanding in terms of, uh, you know, getting back to clients in a timely manner, just knows all of her, she knows all her stuff about real estate was voted by God as the number one realtor in the history of the universe, which is important. So again, if you're looking to buy, sell house uh, again, 856-906-9295 or go to roachrealtors.com. Brandon, and if you do contact her, let her know that you did find her through BGN Radio because uh, she'll be especially extra nice. She's already extra, especially great and every, <laughs> obviously nice to everyone, all of her clients, but like even more so, an extra, you know, like a cherry on top, if you will. Uh, right. and, and, and it'd be just fun to know. It could be fun for her to be like, wow, uh, actually, people are listening to this on BGN Radio and, and contacting me. So it'll make her day. Uh, or at least I think it will. Back after this. It'll make my day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, what are some of the other takeaways that you had from Howie Roseman's press conference this week? Um, well, he was asked some you know, questions just generally speaking about positional groups, uh, wide receiver, for example, linebacker. Um, let's do receiver first because uh, obviously the Eagles drafted receivers in the first round each of the last two years. They had a hit in 2021 with uh, Devontae Smith. Um, easy pick there. Although the maneuvering in the way, the way that which they got him moving back from six to 12 and then back up from 12 to 10 was pretty impressive, frankly, uh, yes. from Howie Rosen. But they end up with uh, Devontae Smith, and who, of course, broke the Eagles' rookie receiving yard record in his, in, in his rookie season in 2021. Quick so, point on that, uh, already way, a hit there. Uh, people that? like to be like, well, he had an extra game like than Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I think he did it on something like 16 fewer targets. So he did it on fewer targets. Okay. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, I mean, well, they were more of a passing offense yeah. uh, in Deshaun Jackson's. Well, I just don't want to hear he did they... it because of the extra game. Like that, no, like he did done fewer targets. Like they also, he also did it within like the first, you know, few minutes of that last game too. Yeah, and then they got him out. Uh, anyway, whatever. sorry. Just give the kid his credit. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, let, let the kid enjoy his, his record. Hey, now. relax. Like, just just calm down. Like, yeah. They, <laughs> if they only played sixteen games, they would have made it. They would have made a point to get him that record anyway. So, like, calm down. Uh, so anyway, he was a hit the year before, obviously they had a huge swing and a miss on, uh, Jalen Rager in the first round, uh, of the 2020 draft. So the question now is, do you take a wide receiver for a third year in a row? And 
from my perspective, you don't force it, of course, but if you're sitting there and there's the best player on the board is a receiver and you're on the clock, go ahead and take them because it's still a major need. Like they, they obviously love Devontae Smith and I think they really like Quez Watkins more than, you know, uh, the the general fan realizes. And Quez had a good year. He was sort of a victim of what we talked about before where like it's a run heavy offense. And, you know, he's also a victim of being the third receiving option in the, in in the offense behind uh, Devontae Smith and, and, uh, Dallas Goddard. And he's also a victim of, you know, sort of being more of a, a down the field threat. And the quarterback is a little hesitant to maybe pull the trigger on, you know, some of those more difficult deep down the field, especially in the middle of the field type of throws. Um, I think uh, Quez Watkins is, you know, they think of him as like a legit number two receiver, but certainly they could use, like they only have two receivers. They only have two playable receivers right now. So it's a need, it's a need in free agency and it's a need uh, potentially in the draft too. So, you know, again, like, I don't think you, you, you start the draft by saying we're going to take a receiver with one of these first three, with one of these three first round picks. If they use, you know, all three of their first round, three first, their three first round picks anyway. Uh, but if, again, if there's a receiver that's really good and he's better than anyone on the board, go right ahead. I've seen some of the arguments against taking a receiver in the first round just because of like the last time it was done. It was Matt Millen with the Lions. But like, okay. Wait, who cares? But that's who not cares? like the trivia. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Also, like, because teams <laughs> haven't done it, the Eagles shouldn't or can't. I mean, like the situation, as you described, is they need that. And also the situation that they're in this year is obviously not an apples to apples comparison. Like you have multiple first round picks. If the Eagles right. only had one first round pick, I would probably like lean against more not taking a receiver. Not saying it's impossible. Again, it all depends on the how the board shakes out. But like when you're, we're weighing positional uh, importance a little bit more, I would say, you know, like edge rusher would be more than wide receiver. If you only had one first round pick, uh, again, depending on how the board shakes out. But yeah, uh, on Quez Watkins, uh, our good writer at BGN, uh, Johnny Page, had a nice All-22 breakdown of Quez Watkins from last year. And you should check it out if you haven't already. And one of the takeaways he had in there is he feels pretty confident, as do I, if there was better quarterback play, especially when it came to that deep passing game, that Quez Watkins would look a bit better here. Uh, and I still, I don't, like, I still don't think he's an ideal number two like a number two wide receiver. I think ideally, you know, he is a third option. I mean, he is a third option already, like you said, in this offense, because of, if you're factoring Dallas Scotter, I still think you would want, uh, maybe he could be a two a, if you have a strong two B, I just don't think if he's like your best, second best receiver by far, I don't think that's great or ideal. Um, the Eagles need to add more there. I think the type of receiver that Eagles are going to add Jimmy, is going to be really interesting because, like, are they really going to add another volume target to this offense? Because you already kind of have two in Goddard and Devontae, and you arguably don't use them enough already. So you're going to add another right. one. And, uh, like, the idea that you would want to add another speedster kind of, like, doesn't make the most sense to me. I mean, you can always afford to add more speed. Don't get me wrong. But, like, just another speed guy, like a, a pure speed guy doesn't make a ton of sense in that, like, Quez is, is more, you know, something similar to that. Um, so I feel like they're almost looking for another complimentary player or so like, so that's why they would probably go out and sign, uh, my boy, Zach Pascal here, uh, in free agency <laughs> or, uh, 
I mean, you could still add one in the first round, but maybe like someone like Traylon Burks who can kind of do different mm-hmm. things and isn't just a receiver, especially in this offense, which we're presuming is going to be run heavy. Um, that can make sense. And I also think that's interesting. Like, How much are the Eagles going to add someone this year with the, the fit in mind, like this this run heavy, not high volume passing offense in mind? Um, I would say, and I think they would be like not super focused on that because you can't just worry about that. Like you have, if you have a good player, you can't just worry about that. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Of course, that's the line of thinking that sort of got them in trouble when they took Rager over Justin Jefferson yeah. because they didn't want to take Jefferson because they thought of him as a high volume, uh, you know, maybe more of a primarily in the slot type of guy. And, uh, whereas than and, other and they had Ertz and, on and, the and, roster. And, is what and, yeah. yes right and Ertz is gone uh of course you know now they and they they thought of Rager as 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 like an outside speed receiver who could you know sort of open things up uh elsewhere uh you know in in the short to intermediate areas of the field and uh we saw how that sort of worked out getting back to that Lions point by the way I just googled this now I was sort of looking at their draft history they the three receivers that they took in a row were Charles Rogers, Bust, mm-hmm. uh, Roy Williams, who they eventually traded for multiple first-round picks uh, to the Cowboys, and then Mike Williams, who was uh, pr- pretty much a bust. Then there was a year they took Ernie Sims, the shark in the water, at ninth <laughs> overall. And then the next year, they took Calvin Johnson. So should they have passed on Calvin Johnson because yes. they took three receivers the three three of the last four years? Should they have passed on that guy? So yeah. like I don't like that argument at all, that like a bad team in the past – like. 20 years ago, uh, did, you know, did something that was, you know, sort of out of the ordinary. So like, you shouldn't do that, uh, when the circumstances are, whatever, it doesn't matter. We've beaten that point to death, but, uh, yeah, as far as, uh, the receiver position goes, yeah, I, like, I agree with your point that you don't want to, um, I mean, I don't don't know that you, I don't know that you don't want to, uh, add a, a, a receiver that, you know, can't, that isn't cap that's capable of making a lot of catches, uh, and sort of being a guy who who's a, a volume player, but you just have to have a plan for him if you do. And um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Traylon Burks. Like, I love that guy. He's yeah. the 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 common comp that that he's going to get is Debo Samuel with obviously what he did in the playoffs and and throughout the regular season, where he's a guy that you can do a lot of different things with him. You can line him up in the backfield. You can you know hit him with uh, quick screens, and he's gonna he's like a yak machine. He only ran a four five five, I think. And his vertical jump numbers were apparently not great, um, but just watch him play and like what he does with the ball in his hands once he has it. And also, like he makes spectacular catches too, and he gets separation. Like I love that guy; he's like my favorite uh, wide receiver in the draft. I don't mind as much the the uh, the slow, not slow, but you know, not impressive uh, forty time. But if he's available, he's your slot, and then you have Quez and. Uh, Devontae on the outside, Dallas Goddard at the tight end position. Like, you really have something there, in my opinion, assuming he works out. Uh, Drake London and Sky Moore are the other receivers that we had seen. The Eagles had used one of their 60 combine uh, meetings with. So okay. do you have any thoughts on those guys as well? Drake London is uh, has actually been a semi-popular uh, Eagles mock draft selection yeah my concern with he's a big guy he's like six five kind of small to me 230 something um and my concern with him is that he's kind of got that contested catch guy label and you know some people in the nfl like that others just wonder if it's you know he he did that he did a lot of that in college because he didn't get separation Uh, i sort of 
lean toward the latter. I mm. am more scared of guys that, you know, are primarily contested catch guys uh, in college because it may not be as translatable to the NFL. And of course, we saw that with J.J. Ortega Whiteside, who the Eagles took in the second round of the 2019 draft. So uh, he's a guy that I would not take in the first round under any circumstances. Sky Moore, I'm a little late getting to uh, watching him. But uh, who's he play for? Who did he play for again? Sky Moore. I don't know. Is he, you is he me, the Western me. Michigan kid? What's that? So do you tell me? This is I asked you. You have to give me the answer. I don't. Here. I haven't watched him yet, so I'm a little behind on Sky Moore, but. Uh, I know he's a guy that's sort of been popular in the draft Twitter uh, community. Yeah, yeah he's, I'm a little behind on Western Michigan. Okay, but he had good numbers. Uh, I know in in 2021, but I haven't I haven't actually watched him yet. My, my understanding is he's a slot guy. So on that premise alone, um, you know, he might be a good fit. I, there's actually a ton of decent like slot guys that probably can be had on. Uh, he's he's being projected as a day two guy. I know Sky Moore, but there's a lot of like day three type guys that uh, would project to the slot, which is where I think the Eagles have a need because, you know, Greg Ward isn't the answer. Joan Rager wasn't the answer in the slot last year. And it's just a glaring need. Like they need that and they need a big receiver, in my opinion, uh, on the outside because you already have smaller guys in Quez and, and Devontae where I think a big receiver would sort of complement those guys well. Yeah, I think that, like a prototypical, prototypical X is something that would be ideal. Sky Moore is from New Kensington me okay that is not the same thing as kensington in philadelphia it's actually <laughs> like right outside of pittsburgh so there you oh, go okay. never knew that was a thing so that's that's the new kensington um all right uh i guess we should talk about linebackers jimmy because mm -hmm. that was actually the first question asked at howie roseman's press conference not even the quarterback <laughs> thing was about the linebacker position and some of the takeaways i saw from was howie Ed, roseman's right? Yes, it was Ed Kratz, I believe. Uh, the quotes that I or the takeaway from how he's quote about that position, which basically talked about how, and when he had Jim Schwartz, um, the linebacker position was not the same kind of. Uh, they weren't doing the same kind of. They weren't asked to do the same kind of things that they might be doing under Jonathan Gannon. So I think some people read into that answer as the Eagles are actually gonna finally value linebackers now. Do you buy or sell that? Uh I think if there's a year where it's possible that they take one in the first round, it's this year because they have three picks. So I think more is on the table than would be in previous years. And then also because it's like a good linebacker group, uh, whether you're talking, I like Devin Lloyd uh, more than like a Nicobe Dean, for example, but there's like a bunch of legitimate first round talent linebackers in this draft. So you put those two thing to things together and add in that the Eagles have an obvious need there. Uh, it's possible. I don't think they're going to do it. But if there's a year where where I would say it's more likely than others, then then this is the year that is that I think it's it's at least uh, worth the conversation. I agree with that point in terms of just because they have the extra ammo, you know, increases the chances that they could. And I do think mm -hmm. there is something to linebackers being more important in this For scheme. Sure. But like I ultimately go back to, I'll believe it when I see it. And Howie Roseman, dating back to when he became general manager has not valued this position. Like it's not just about Jim Schwartz. It's been about like basically an organizational ethos. So uh, I'm not saying it's impossible, but again, uh, cause, and, and also uh, what was a couple of years ago when Kenneth Murray uh, was, mm -hmm. was that like, that was the Rager draft, right? Um, Jim Schwartz 
at least some reports indicated that Jim Schwartz, like that was his guy and here he really mm-hmm. wanted him. And, you know, <laughs> maybe that would have happened. It didn't. Uh, he hasn't been great either, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to that point. <laughs> so they're screwed either way. Uh, uh, there's a rumor. One, out there, one, one more, one more point on that actually. So uh, how he was talking about, you know, finding guys that, that, they're trying to fit what they do offensively and defensively. And I thought uh, Bo uh, Wolf had a, had a good follow-up question on that where, you know, he pointed out, of course, that Gannon had, um, you know, interviewed with the Houston Texas Texans. So like, did, did the Eagles have to be careful about finding players to fit specific schemes when, you know, coaches kind of come and go, <laughs> like you wind up with these players that may not fit the scheme in a year or two. And uh, how he sort of corrected himself, I guess, a little bit in, in saying that, well, yeah, we we want good players first and foremost. Uh, of course, we want them to fit the scheme, but um, it, pri- the priority is on finding guys that can actually play. I would agree with that being the – or should be the priority. Uh, there's a rumor out there, Jimmy, about Devondre Campbell, a uh, free agent linebacker who uh-huh. will be playing his age 29 season. Saw a lot of people like retweeting this and getting excited about this. And I just <laughs> want to say that this reporter that I've seen say this has had a lot of random in terms of like, where's this information coming from? Like who is sharing this with him? Cause usually it's like an agent or someone. And this person gets a lot of like interesting random info that doesn't seem to like be a common thread. Uh, and also has had a lot of inaccurate reports. So I would take that with a big grain of salt. Although I will say that Bonnie Campbell, uh, his former college teammate was Nick Rallis, the Eagles linebacker position coach. So okay. if you want to kind of connect the dot there, you can, it's worth mentioning, but I don't think they're going to be spending big money because Devondre Campbell's coming off a great season with the Packers where they're going to be spending. first team all pro in 2021. Yeah. So, so he, spend, that guy's going to get paid. Yeah. And he's going to be 29. I don't think they're, so like, so miss me too, by the way, with, oh, Eagles too far away to get a good quarterback, but they can spend a ton of money on an aging linebacker. Like, are you serious? Like, that's your argument? I don't want to hear that. Um, yeah, right. By the way, I should mention too, circling back to wide receiver real quick, uh, Amari Cooper expected to be released by the Cowboys. I don't think the Eagles are going to add him. Like, I don't think that's the type of receiver they're looking to add in the sense of Amari's going to have a market. Like teams are going to want to oh, sign sure, him for sure. Yeah. And I don't think the Eagles are spending buco bucks on the wide receiver position. I just don't think they're going to do that. I don't, I don't think they're going to make that kind of investment, especially when they're not like a, a high volume passing offense. I just don't think that's going to be in the cards. Do you agree? So was you he, agree with did that? they have interest in him when he became a free agent? What was it? Two years ago? Um, Because he became a free agent. Like he was on the open market and Washington, I remember, made a huge offer to him, like yeah, a crazy money. offer. And he, and he turned it down to return to the Cowboys, who also gave him like a huge deal as well. Um, and, you know, that didn't pan out, obviously, for the Cowboys because they're cutting him early. But um, I don't remember if the Eagles had interest in him at that time. I would assume if they didn't then, then they certainly won't now. Uh, but he's got some check marks against him, of course. Like he showed up, like he didn't show up in, in some, some of their bigger games. He's unvaxxed, which... Uh, not to get into that, you know, like a political debate here, not that, that not that being back should be a political bit, debate in the first place. But it, the, the reality is like they if you're unvaxxed, you can potentially, you know, hurt your team. Uh, as we saw the NFL lifted the COVID season. protocols, Jimmy. Well, I mean, we'll see how that goes uh, as COVID uh, tends to rear its ugly head <laughs> over and over again. So we'll see, you know, how how uh, how that goes going forward. But. Uh, to me, that's a red flag against him. And, uh, you know, he's getting, how old is he now? 27, Jimmy. 
20 oh did you already say that i'm sorry uh, no i didn't but i'm 20, saying like oh okay he he, he entered the nfl he's, very he's been young. in the league seven years but that's he's been the in thing. League seven years it's yeah. about snap count it's not just about age yes uh so he's got a little wear on the he's got a little uh what's the way to say that if you have tread on the tires that's good he's got some wear on his tires we'll say he's had some tread on his tires taken off yes thank you <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's going to get paid. I mean, somebody's going to go after him. You look at the history of receivers that have been signed in free agency for more than like ten million a year, and it is really ugly. So I think if the Eagles do sign a receiver in free agency, I think it'll be like um, Zach Pascal, a low price guy or a medium price guy. They want to splurge a little bit. They can get like a meat like they, they splurge a little bit. Like the guys that we talked about during the last episode, like a DJ Chark. Uh, I don't think we mentioned Christian Kirk, but I think I he's, a, he's a guy that he's makes on my sense list. Too. You did okay, okay. And then like, um, you know, if they want to go cheap, as you brought up during the last episode, stealing from me, Zach Pascal is a guy that that makes a lot of sense. Is a guy that uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, you know, it's documented that he loves that guy. Or like Juju, as I'm also drafted on yep. my team. Um, all right, let's move to a different position. Two more positions here before we go to our final break. Uh, edge rusher. How are you basically? said that yeah. in not so many words that they're going to draft one in the first yeah. round, probably. Um, I think that's <laughs> pretty, you know, that makes, I, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if the Eagles didn't leave the first round with an edge rusher, assuming, you know, they have uh, the picks to work with and they're not trading them all away. I just think it makes too much sense from a standpoint of it's a huge need for the Eagles. It's a position they highly value. The talent on the board should be there. Um, it's not like there's a shortage of edge rushers. So I'll ask you, which one do you think the Eagles are going to take? Well, there could be like six or seven of them that go off the board in the first half of the of the first round. Uh, but I think the guy that's probably the most likely in terms of you know where I think he'll land in the first round, and I think like what the Eagles sort of uh, prioritize in terms of like athleticism and stuff like that is David Ajabo yeah. of, uh, of Michigan. I agree with that. I think him or Jermaine Johnson. Like, I think they're like. I think one of those two players is going to be an eagle. I feel very strongly about that. I just, okay. I just, I can envision it. Um, Johnson, I've seen like mocked to go off the board before the Eagles, uh, mm-hmm. whereas Ojabo is typically more available. Obviously, that doesn't mean a whole lot. I could totally be off base in terms of how the NFL actually values these guys. But for what it's worth, uh, I think I kind of think of Ojabo a little bit like Josh Sweat in terms of like just more toolsy. And I mm-hmm. think the Eagles have looked at Josh Sweat as more of a success story than, say, Brandon Graham, right. who's a little bit more, you know, like, or not Brandon Graham, sorry. Uh, uh, Derek Barnett. Barnett. Yeah, Derek Barnett is what I meant to say there. Um, so I think they might, like, lean into that a little bit more and be like, hey, let's just take the toolsy guy and kind of, you know, uh, hope that works out. And it's not like that player has to be a full-time starter, you know, and, like, you know, come in and take the majority, the top two, uh, be a top two edge defender and snaps played because you, you're getting Brandon Graham back and you still have Josh Sweat. So you kind of add Ojabo and he, he be, or Jermaine Johnson, and they are a key part of the rotation, but they're not being relied on to, you know, be this uh, like every down force from the jump. Obviously, uh, George Karlaftis, you could also say in there, you could yeah. also put him uh, in that kind of same boat. I could also see that happening. Um, although he's kind of more of like a Brandon Graham, potentially right. like that more style of like more power guy than a, you know, yeah. flashy toolsy speed guy. Um, I think it's hard to go wrong. What Ojabo has that, that sweat, that sweat didn't in college, by the way, though, is when he's healthy, 
uh, with our major uh, health concerns with, with sweat, you know, from high school and college injuries. And uh, he was like, he only really played one year at Michigan, mm-hmm. but he was super productive in that one year. He had 11 sacks and five forced fumbles. Uh, so sweat didn't really have the college production either, but I, I but I do agree with your point that they're going to more lean into guys that, you know, have those athletic traits. Um, did, I don't think they, I guess he didn't work out yet. So we'll see what his athleticism actually looks like. Ojabo. Um, mm-hmm. actually the, the, the thinking is that the edge rushers are going to crush it in the uh, on-field testing. So when you look at edge rusher and, and you look at the, like the strength of the draft and how that marries up with the Eagles. I mean, that's their biggest need. The the quarterback discussion aside, edge rusher is clearly their biggest need. So the Eagles are fortunate that uh, their biggest need lines up really nicely with the strength of the first round. Could you see them double dipping on edge rushers in the first round? If the value's there? I would say 10% chance. I don't think it's very likely. I I, I wouldn't rule it out just because they value the position so much, but I tend to think I tend to think they're only going to have you know like maybe two first round picks anyway ultimately because I think they might trade down or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And do I think they would at that point take both edge rushers? Not impossible again, um, but I think I just think the odds would be that the more likely they'd be different positions. What about you? You seem to think it's likely. I think it's possible. Yeah, I, I'd probably put it a little high. It's you know obviously very unlikely, <laughs> but. Uh, so you're, are you saying 10% if they already have one taken or just 10% overall that they could take? 10% chance it happens. Okay. Because I think it's like 90% that one of them gets taken with a first round pick, at least one. Um, and right. And then to add yeah. another one. Yeah, I think I 10% is probably about right. Yeah, I think 10% is probably about right. Because okay. again, like the, the, the strength of the draft – there could there could be a scenario where they take one and then another one also happens to be the highest guy on their board and it's an important enough position and they yeah. need the depth and those guys tend to take a little while to become good players in the NFL so why not load up getting and, after the yeah. quarterback is kind of a big deal statistically too i just one of those guys is probably going to be a hit if you're taking two yes. is it you know, probably going to get at least one hit out of those two yeah um yeah i think there's some sense to that uh, but why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? I lied to the listeners. I don't like to do that, but I did say <laughs> we'd get to two positions, but I just feel like we should take a little bit of a break here uh, before okay. we wrap up. So I will tell you quickly about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Why do I talk about it all the time? Well, because they sponsor the podcast, but it's not just because of that, Jimmy. It's not just because they pay me the big bucks. Uh, it's because I believe in Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. This is a sponsor that uh, I wanted to bring aboard to BGN Radio because my good friend Dan Klausner, who works for them, uh, has a great product that I believe in, that I've had before, that I actively do eat. I have said many times I wasn't even the biggest uh, beef jerky guy ever, and then I had right to sell on craft jerky. And I'm like, it's actually pretty good. I like this a lot. So why not get it for yourself by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off Give it a try. See if you like it. You're getting it at a discount. So why not? And you're helping support your favorite Eagles podcast. So why not do it is basically my point. Give it a try. Right to selling.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. They have non-meat snacks, other stuff available. Just check out the website. Checking out the website, Jimmy, is free. It doesn't cost you anything. Yes. Go check it out. See if there's anything there that kind of piques your interest. And if there is, use the discount code. Boom. Jimmy. Back after this. Thank you. 
Chris the Roach of Roach Real Tours. Roach Real Tours. Roach Real Tours. Chris the Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. 856-906-9295. Nine two. Back here on BGN Radio for our final segment. We'll wrap this up, Jimmy, but not before we talk about how Andre Dillard, definitely available to me based on what Howie Rosen had to say, but (laughs) not exactly just giving him away. Yeah, I mean, he acknowledged that he can only play left tackle, which I thought was kind of funny. He didn't didn't, have to say that, but he He said like, no, no, he said something to the effect of like, uh, I think it wouldn't be fair to limit him to that position, I believe. Ah, uh, okay. I misheard him then. Yeah. All right. Which is like <laughs> stupid because, okay, what position has <laughs> he ever other played other than being a disaster at right sense. tackle? I get like how he should say that. I don't fault him for saying that. But just like, come on, bro. Like, that's not true. <laughs> the one that was the funniest quote of the uh, of his session, by the way, the the sentence that I think is hilarious is he said, the amazing thing is Andre is working is working out every day right now. <laughs> is amazing. that really amazing, Howie? That he's working out every day isn't that kind of his job? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So really uh, gassing him was, up. <laughs> he was asked by me actually um, if they had offers on Dillard, you know, at the trade deadline last year uh, or so far this offseason, seeing as. He could probably start on on uh, you know a handful of teams in the NFL, but he certainly doesn't have a starting spot on the Eagles with Jordan Mailata at left tackle and Lean Johnson uh, being an All Pro at right tackle. So um, yeah, he's clearly available, um, but they're not going to give him away because, as Howie was quick to note, uh, he fudged the numbers initially. He said the Eagles had 15 offensive line starters in uh, 2021, which is totally inaccurate. He did this uh, totally for you fudged anyway, because. Uh, yeah, he gave me a Jimmy in that too. Wow, he's, he's, I'm fudging those numbers a little bit um, because they, you know, the, obviously the meaningless Week 18 game against Dallas uh, boosted them up. But he corrected himself and said, you know, we had 10 guys start along the offensive line, and uh, obviously we saw in 2020 uh, that they were totally decimated uh, along the offensive line and had a lot of different guys uh, starting that year. So um, they do value offensive line depth. But in the case of Dillard, if you can get something for him, he's only under contract for just this year, and then he's gone, uh, well, assuming they don't exercise their fifth-year option on him. Um, but yeah, mm. uh, it's which uh, should we should we relitigate that? By by the way, uh, I don't think so. But basically, <laughs> I don't think we need to get into all of it. But I don't think it's impossible that they pick it up, and I think you don't think it's impossible <laughs> that they pick up that fifth-year option. So I mean, I think it's crazy, but I think it's possible. I do that think they it's do. crazy, especially because like. It's crazy to me because like Andre Dillard is not the only acceptable left tackle, backup left tackle answer you can have. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, he's good. Well, it's like, okay, but you can find another one, especially yes. when you have Jeff Stafford. And yeah, yeah, the Raven Clark. Like, is there really a catastrophic drop off from Andre Dillard to the Raven Clark? Would you rather have Andre Dillard as your backup left tackle or the Raven Clark and a fourth round pick? Like, yes, right. I think exactly. I'd rather have the pick. That's, that's the, yeah, that's the discussion. Um, um, what do you think the Eagles would trade him for? Like, what do you think is the lowest thing they would trade him for? I think like an early uh, fourth round pick. Hmm. But yeah, so I don't think that I don't think that's happening. I don't think he's getting moved before the draft because I don't think he's going to be any team's 
uh, option A or option B. I think it's going to be teams that strike out in free agency and then also strike out in the draft and they find themselves with a hole at left tackle. And at that point, I think uh, Dillard could be moved or uh, even further along the line, like you might have to wait until somebody gets hurt during training camp or even during the season uh, for him to get moved. But I don't think anyone's going out of their way uh, to trade for a guy like Andre Dillard again on the last year of his deal um, before they exercise, you know, other avenues first. Maybe the Jags. If, if the Jags have a fourth rounder and can give you the, the top pick of the fourth round, there'd be some value Maybe. in that, by the way, because especially yeah. like a special value, there'd be special value in that because of them being at the top of the fourth round and like, you know, you having the top spot going into day three and like kind of being able to kind of you right. know, like talk to other teams for uh, the gap between the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth and kind of maybe move down from there. You can get some even more picks out of that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I would do it for I definitely do it for a four. I'm I'm thinking they're thinking, yes, very early four or mm-hmm. day two, obviously is what they're realistically shooting for. I think it'd be silly to keep him. Um like I would not be like, Well, you can get a comp pick if you pick up the option and he walks. Like you don't know that. And if you do, it's a couple of years down the line. And like how do you know the Eagles aren't gonna be spending in free agency in a couple of years? Like that's just too much there that you can't just rely on the comp pick to me. I think that's silly. Um uh, I had another point about Andre Dillard, but I can't remember. It'll probably pop up in my head later. Uh, uh, any other things, Jimmy, that stood out from Howie position-wise or otherwise? Uh, we got to wide receiver, linebacker. Anything to you. Rusher, Not on the show Dillard. sheet. <laughs> mm, no. Well, then I'll ask you it. any combine performances that have really caught your eye in like in the vein of Eagles interest, like any, any players that you think have stood out, um, I guess testing or interview or otherwise, anything all encompassing that have stood out that should be on the Eagles radar more or, or will be. Yeah. I mean, that first day when the wide receivers worked out, like a ton of them run ran uh sub four, four forties. <laughs> like there were like nine guys, I think that were four, three, nine or better. Um, so if they, you know, want to, I mean, we, we saw what they did, during the 2020 draft where they tried to bring in a lot of speed with uh, not just Hightower, but also Quez Watkins. And um, it's not just Frager, but uh, Quez Watkins and Hightower uh, who they took in the fifth and sixth rounds. Um, do they kind of want to be like the chiefs where they can, you know, put a lot of speed on the field and, you know, affect teams vertically, you know, again, you're kind of hampered by your quarterback on that. But I think a, an offense that has speed on the outside, but can also really run the ball super effectively uh, can kind of work. So if they were to go after one of those speed guys, and as we m- mentioned earlier, um, you know, they have a pretty big need for a slot receiver. I think a lot of those guys that ran those sub four, four uh, times are fits for the slot. Uh, so that'd be my, my big takeaway from I mean, there, there's only been a few positional groups that have worked out so far. It's just been quarterbacks, tight ends, receivers, and offensive linemen so far. So I guess the offense is what has worked out so far. Uh, we'll see what, what happens with the defense. We're recording this on a Saturday morning, by the way, but we'll see how uh, you know the, the defensive linemen and, and linebackers and cornerbacks look in their testing on Saturday, Sunday, and I think Monday too. Uh, one of my big things, I guess, takeaways looking at it is uh, Malik Willis getting a lot of buzz, not mm. only for his yes. uh, attributes, but also his uh, demeanor, his character, his personality. Uh, obviously, the video of him, I think, helping out uh, someone uh, less fortunate. Person that looked like yeah, yeah. was was uh, has gone viral. 
which I hate when stuff like that happens. Not because I hate the action, obviously. I hate like the discourse that gets involved. Oh, he that was staged or whatever. It's just like <laughs> I just don't. Want them. All right, calm down, everyone. Um, so not nothing too big for me from like the drills themselves. To me, the way I look at the combine, Jimmy, is it's you know it's a it's a box to check out through the scouting process. I I bring up Justin Jefferson not only because the Eagles passed on him, but because like going into the combine wasn't totally sure how I felt about him. But then when I saw the athletic testing was great on top of like great statistical production on top of like, you know, all and, and reading more about his personality, like all that together, I was like, Oh, this guy's a no brainer. So to me, I look at the combine as kind of like, you know, another box to check for a prospect. Yeah. So when I kind of, I feel like I evaluate my opinions or I form my opinions on prospects throughout the process. Like I want to see the pro day numbers. I want to see the combine. I want to see, the, the like the, if there's a pre-draft visit and like, I want to see all of that and put that together and I would hope teams kind of feel in a similar way like you're kind of putting all of that information together so like for me to say like I have a strong take coming out of the combine alone just that's not how I, I look at it because it's just part of the puzzle um, as opposed to anything close to the whole thing uh, a couple other Malik Willis's I'd... arm is legit by the way yes. like you, you we, we saw that at the at the a live bowl. arm he, he had by far the best arm of any of the quarterbacks. And it was like all the top quarterbacks uh, with, with the exception of Matt Corral that competed at the senior bowl. And then at the combine, I mean, they're indoors in a dome or whatever, but you can just, I mean, just see the ease with which he can like throw 60 yard bobs, a tight spiral, like very impressive arm strength for sure for out of that guy. And he can run around too. They can do a lot of different things. If there's a quarterback. Like I think that is a possibility for the Eagles to mm. draft in the first round. That's the that guy. guy. Like he's the guy above all the others. That's so funny because like there's just so many comps out there to Jalen Hurts for him, and obviously I think his arm is better. <laughs> right. I, it's, it's just kind of funny to me that they would draft someone like so similar in a lot of ways. Uh, I almost don't like his running it. style is is similar to Hurts, I would say. Hmm. But but there's also parallels in terms of um, you know the lack of accuracy as well. Right. Uh, two other quick things that I had here to kind of wrap up the show. Rodney McLeod told Bleeding Green Nation's new contributor, who you are familiar with, Jimmy, uh, Joe Santillaquito, uh, mm -hmm. that he wants to be back in Philly. Not shocking, obviously, but still, uh, he, he he went as far to say it would be like, quote, a dream come true. So definitely, I think, would like to be back in Philly. And I think that speaks to the Eagles getting him back at like a good rate, like on the cheap relatively. I think you said like five mil. I don't even think it would cost that. Maybe um, not. Yeah. I think it would, you're looking at like two and a half, like half of that, something like that. Um, so I think there's a decent They can't chance. bring both him and Anthony Harris back. Sorry to cut no. you off, but like if they, if they are going to bring one of those two guys back, then, you know, we, I think we both agreed during our stay and go uh, session a, a week or two ago that he would be the clear guy that would come back uh, of the two. Well, yeah, and in part two, because I think he would take some kind of a discount or at least be yeah. affordable where Anthony Harris probably will and should just more take the money. Like he doesn't – he was mm -hmm. in Philly for one year last year. He doesn't – like <laughs> there's there's no loyalty there. He doesn't need to be loyal. Right. He should get as much money as he possibly can. Um, Eagles-Browns joint training camp practices, Jimmy. I know mm -hmm. you're really looking forward to this. They're happening in Cleveland this year. I've been fortunate to avoid – are you going out? If they have uh, undecided, there's a lot of time, Jimmy, to decide that maybe. Yeah, it's uh, we've been lucky with uh, joint practices in previous years where they haven't really gone other places much. They went to the Jets facilities 
uh, last year. Which, I like that. You know, it's just a just a turn up. Yeah, it's just, that was just to drive up the up, up the turnpike like it's no big deal. They've been to Patriots during practices in the past. That's you know reasonably drivable. I guess Ohio is too. I've driven, I've done that drive, and I have family out in the Cleveland area, so I've done that drive before. But that's not fun. Like that's that's drive. a way worse drive than like than Boston, for example. Um, yeah, I'm not thrilled about going, <laughs> about going to Berea, Ohio, uh, for like four days or whatever. But um, no one cares about. Yeah, you, I mean, they're 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 pretty dedicated to these joint practices. And we saw, you know, I mean, they were mocked a little bit, I, I feel like, last offseason. Not mocked, but like second-guessed on their, you know, not playing anyone during the preseason games. And part of their reasoning was that they felt like they got a lot of good work in in their joint practice sessions against both the Patriots and the Jets. They kind of felt that those sessions were a lot like preseason games. Um, and then th- they wind up going out in week one and destroying the Falcons. And they had really good injury luck that they haven't had uh, in previous years. They, they had very good injury luck in 2021. So there was something to that. Um, so they seem to be pretty dedicated to these joint practices. I wouldn't be surprised if they have joint practices with another team as well, uh, at, at maybe in Philly. Uh, hopefully they don't do two uh, joint practice sessions on the road because they do have two road preseason games this year and only one home preseason game this year because they actually they have the extra – home regular season game this year yeah with the afc uh extra afc opponent for the 17th game yes yeah um yeah that's right any players who stand out to you on the browns that i guess like you'll be interested to see you know this is a thing something we'll revisit as it gets closer but just like like instant like obviously miles garrett um i guess him going up against jordan mylato will kind of be fun to see yeah um, uh nick chubb i mean the running backs aren't really you can't really evaluate them too well or they're, they're they're not like they're you're not tackling in practice so the mm, guy like him nick maybe not as much like put someone on the ground though he meant like he did the poor yeah, joe yeah. <laughs> stiff arm some people um yeah, I, poor I think joe the trenches finally got a chance and just got stiff armed into oblivion <laughs> in yeah that game. Uh, the trenches as a whole, I think will kind of be interesting because the Browns have some talent there on both sides of the ball, especially and, on their offensive line too. Yes. Yeah. And the, so the Eagles. So I think, so yeah, there, there you go. You'll have maybe two potentially if the Eagles mm. draft two in the first round or at least one, one rookie edge rusher going up against some good Browns offensive yep. linemen. So it could be interesting to see how they, they fare against that. Denzel uh, Ward is another okay. one. Uh, yeah. See how, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. See how Hertz does. Against yeah. Devante. Yeah. Um, so, okay. yeah, I mean, it'll be fun. That, that, that's, that's a team with like a lot of legitimate talent that, um, it, but, I mean, you and I have talked about how the jets just, I mean, that, that, oh, team, yeah. that team sucked when we, when we went to go watch them, the Patriots weren't that great either, but the jets real the Patriots wind up having a decent enough season, I guess the jets were terrible. At least the Browns, I mean, for the disappointing the se- season they had last year, they, they have a lot of talent on that roster. The Patriots had like an attitude too, like of like an NFL team, you know, like a, like a real legitimate system. Where the yeah. Jets again was just like very, <laughs> I don't know, it just seemed like no one cared. Like just no one, they're seeing dominated in practice, and everyone was like, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, Their fans other, sort of expected it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, any any other? Because you know, I think not to belabor the point, but to absolutely belabor the point, when like the Sixers were at their worst in the process, 
they played with a lot of energy and like swagger and toughness. Mm-hmm. They just they sucked, so they would ultimately yeah. lose in the end. But like there were point. So often I feel like they would like get out to a lead and they wouldn't be able to hold it because they just didn't have enough talent, and the other team would eventually try super hard to to win the game when they needed to. Almost kind of like the reverse of what the Sixers are doing right now, where they've been starting out a little bit slower and really turning it on when they they want to actually win the game. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's what I saw out of the Jets. Any final thoughts for this episode, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm trying to help my mom uh, buy a car. Excuse me. And uh, man, dealing with like these car dealerships Uh-oh. is the absolute worst. <laughs> like, I hate it. Like they'll give you like the MSRP, which of course is the manufactured suggested uh, retail price. And like the price will be like way above that. I'll say, well, you know, it's, uh, we put it up to here for this, that, and the other reason. And then they'll go, but we'll give you a, a $2,000 discount off of that. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you just jack the price way up. You see your discount doesn't mean shit. So, and then like, and then like on top of it, they'll have like, oh, well, the uh, document, the documentation fee is, is $600, which is just, 100% profit on their part. And the registration fee is, uh, is $500. And then, uh, well, we, we stock every, every one of our cars with, uh, the theft guard and, and the, uh, and the, the tire wheel key replacement. Uh, you gotta have that. I mean, we, we, we just, uh, equip all that and we just equip every one of our cars with that. So that's another $1,200. Uh, so and then, you think like you're going to like have a car quote that's, you know, like $32,000 or something like that, but then it winds up being like 39 or something <laughs> like to actually leave with it from the facility. So if uh, any of our listeners are, if you're like a manager at a, at a car dealership and uh, you want to help me out with a lot of, not a lot of nonsense, uh, by all means, please reach out. Buying a car is definitely a process. I've done, I did that a couple of <laughs> years ago, Jimmy, my, my old BMW which is very old, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, not like a brand new BMW. I'm not trying to, not like some, uh, not to say that. Fancy you know, pants, yeah, fancy yeah. pants got with his BMW. <laughs> hardly the case. Very old used BMW, uh, broke down on 95. I was, I was driving home, uh, years ago in 2018. It was after that Cowboys game. I think that was in Philly during the 2018 season. And it was crazy because there was a smoke billowing out of my car as I was driving Oof. like on 90. I know. And I was like passing cops. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this is a nightmare. <laughs> um, and no one could what, drive like behind me. Was it a burst or something? I, I, don't, I forget. Something about I think it was like the uh, it was the what's it called? The uh, the big thing. <laughs> I'm not really good. At the, not the engine, but the um, not the transist uh, transmission. Duh. Um, okay. I think it's blue. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was tough. So I had to buy a car. And I knew the car I wanted to get. Like I, I had it picked out like instantly because I, because my one of my the people uh, in my in my neighborhood uh, works at the car dealership and I had a good relationship with them. So uh, I quickly decided, and they brought over a car for me to test drive because um, you know friendly with them. And I was like, this is the car I want. So got it, or like I was like, this is the car I'm going to get this weekend. And we did it. Mm-hmm. And the process was as smooth as it possibly could be. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. This person was great. They're super helpful and everything. But it just like, it still took like three hours. <laughs> it's like, that's with me, like not even <laughs> searching for the car. Like That was me knowing yeah. what car I wanted to get, but just all the paperwork and everything. So did you uh, finance it or lease it or something? Yeah, I, I wanted to set up. Uh, yeah, so that's why up, that's yeah. why I took a little. That's why right. I, that that helps in in the taking a long time process. Right. Yeah. Yes, that was true. Uh. Yeah. So, um, it's a process. Is the point. Uh. Not not fun. Not the most fun thing you can possibly do. Um. 
that's your final thought. My final thought is it is fun driving out of the dealership in your new car, though. Sure, it's to to me, it's almost just like, all right, so this is it, right? Like, like I can finally leave now. Like this is for real. Like I'm like, <laughs> back. this is like this is really happening. Yeah it, yeah, it is a good feeling once you're finally out of there. Um, uh, my final thought is I'm going up to New Jersey today, Jimmy, Saturday, March fifth, to get some Trenton tomato pie, which I love it. Hmm. I can't. You've I, never had it, right? Mm-mm. Trenton, that's like the Trenton name of tomato pie. The it's name a, of it? it's a thing to me. Yeah. It, well, that's the kind of style. It's not like so people. I say oh, tomato okay. pie. Is there a specific of, place you're going? Yeah, I'll get to that. But like when I say okay. tomato pie, people think of like the Philly style tomato pie, which is like a big, you know, rectangular thing of bread with the sauce uh-huh. on top and like maybe a little grating of Parmesan Reggiano or whatever, but not like actual mozzarella cheese on top. This is more of like a, a standard pizza, although they put the cheese on the bottom. And then they put they ladle some sauce on top, uh, cheese toppings first. Then they ladle some sauce on top. Um, it's really good, Jimmy. And I'm going to be going to Di Lorenzo's. So shout out to Di Lorenzo's. Uh, it's a whole thing. There's like multiple Di Lorenzo's locations. It's all one big family, but really, really good. Some of the best pizza you'll ever eat, Jimmy. Uh, if you ever try it sometime, which I recommend you do sometime. You can you can jump up to. Uh, it's in Hamilton now. Uh, you can jump up okay. to Hamilton from where you are. Not too, too. It, it's it's worth it. It's really good. Have you um, read Kate and Kate and Al's from uh, Columbus? No, that's a, a wi- uh, you know widely well regarded uh, similar style pizza. I think uh, Columbus like Market. Columbus Mart. Yeah, okay. Columbus Market. Yeah. No, I haven't. I've uh, heard many good things about the Columbus Market, but I haven't really been a lot. I think I've been a couple times. Um, some some New Jersey talk to round out the pod. That's right. Uh, <laughs> All right, so those are final thoughts. Uh, I will hopefully, if I remember, be posting a picture of that pizza if you really want to see it to my Instagram, at Brandon Gowton. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton. You can follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter, at Jimmy Kemsky. BGN underscore radio is the place to follow the podcast on Twitter to make sure you're seeing the new episodes there. At Bleeding Green on Twitter for the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter account for all of our articles, and we post the podcast there too. You can check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky by going to RighteousFelon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. You can check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors by going to RoachRealtors.com or calling or texting this number. 856-906-9295. If you're looking to buy, sell, rent a house or looking for some real estate advice or connections, just, you know, reach out to Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. We will be back next week, Jimmy, I presume with some more, maybe some, not some uh, actual free agency signings official, but maybe some more happenings, maybe some more rumors, uh, some combine wrap up. We'll, we'll, we'll be back with some interesting stuff. So make sure you are subscribing to Bleeding Green Nation, leaving a rating and review, all that good stuff. Uh, many more pods coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned and we'll be back. We're not far. Sorry to cut you off there, but we're not far from the start of the new league year, by the way, like it's the 14th. So we're, it's the fifth right now as we're recording this nine days until like that two day window prior to free agency opens up where they can start negotiating with, with free. That's basically the start of free agency. Like let's call it what Mm. it is. So yeah, I mean, we, we should have, uh, you know, uh, the the rumors should be heating up anyway, uh, you know, the, by the next time we record. And then obviously we'll be in the full swing of free agency the time after that. So get ready for those Zach Pascal rumors, baby. That's right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> P-G-N. <laughs>